Hi, we're the ladies of LifeSight, and we're so glad you're here. We're ladies simply navigating the challenges and triumphs of this modern culture as moms, wives, sisters, and daughters. Join us each week as we discuss the raw questions and situations that we face every day from our unique perspectives. So grab your cup of coffee, tea, or beverage of choice, and let's dive into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Reba. Hi, I'm Maddie. Hi, I'm Lisa. Hi, I'm Claire, and we're the ladies of LifeSight. Um, I just wanted to welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Ladies of Life site. Um, we're really glad that you're here today with us. I've got my afternoon cup of coffee, and I hope that you all have something delicious to drink while you join us for this episode and this discussion. Since this is the first episode of the Ladies of Life site, we wanted to let you hear a little bit more about each of our show hosts and how we've all been navigating covid over the last year within our homes and in our daily lives. Um, and as the the director of marketing here with LifeSight, um, I'm really excited to bring this this episode and, and the rest of the ladies of LifeSight to you guys. Um, so first off, I would like to just introduce one of our co-hosts, Maddie, to share a little bit about herself. Thanks, Reba. Um, I'm also super excited about this podcast. Um, I work with Reba in marketing, so our whole focus is to get the awesome news and uh, pieces that our journalists write out to as many people as possible. And I really hope that with this podcast, we can continue to reach more and more people with just kind of that good news that sometimes we're missing, especially in today's world. Like I said, I'm in marketing. I live in Texas with my husband and our little one. I think that's kind of a good snapshot of me. Uh, Lisa, do you want to jump chime in? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Lisa and I live in Idaho with my husband and our two daughters and I am seven months pregnant. So navigating COVID has been um, very interesting as a pregnant lady, as um, a mom, all of the above. So um, for LifeSite, I work in our development team. So I focus on um, bringing in the, the, the donations that we need to enable LifeSite to do the work that we do every day and to ensure that our team of journalists and editors and marketing and everyone around the world who works for LifeSite has the tools and resources they need um, to bring the news to our readers um, and viewers every day, you know, 365 days a year. So um, I definitely want to say, you know, if you value the work that LifeSite does, the news that we have, I highly encourage you just to um, prayerfully consider, you know, praying for LifeSite and our team every day and also supporting us in it, whichever way that you can. But I'm just so excited for this um, podcast just because COVID uh, has been such a insane time, I think, for all of us. And for me personally, I found that the ladies who work for LifeSite have been kind of my um, support system. And especially at a time when you feel like you're so alone in your beliefs about life and family. And then, of course, COVID comes in and um, you're navigating the culture. And I have just found that this group of ladies has been just what has helped me kind of get through it every day, just as a mom and just navigating everything. So I'm excited for this podcast just for all of you who are listening to have a chance to, you know, hear a perspective, you know, as you're a wife, as you're a mom or a sister or a friend, 
trying to navigate things. And hopefully you'll gain some insight and perspective from all of us um, to help you continue to press on. So Claire, I'll, I'll bring it over to you if you want to introduce yourself and share a little bit about you. Thanks, Lisa. I'm Claire. I work in the administration department at LifeSite. And I also am the LifeFunder coordinator. And LifeFunder is our new crowdfunding platform for the pro-life, pro-family Christian community. But in the admin department, we work behind the scenes to make sure that our journalists and our marketing staff and everyone else has the tools that they need to do their job so they don't have to worry about all the little things. And like Lisa, I'm super excited about this podcast because I feel like we have gotten so much support with each other. Um, we have such a great team and I know not everyone has that. So I really hope that we can be that for you. That's awesome. I love that. As I mentioned earlier, I'm Rebecca, um, and I also said that I was the director of marketing. So um, I handle all of the social media and email marketing and everything else that goes into um, making sure that you all know what LifeSite is doing, as well as all of the news and everything else that we do. So I get the the pleasure of making sure that we um, share what all of the wonderful journalists are writing and the other projects that people are working on. So I'm really excited for this podcast for the same reasons that Lisa and Claire mentioned. Um, I think that we have a really cool team and I'm excited because I feel like a lot of people don't get to hear everything that our team has to offer uh, behind the scenes. Like we get those conversations and we get to talk about things. Um, So we get to we're hoping that we get to kind of give you a behind the scenes look into some of the conversations and atmosphere that we get to experience here at LifeSite, um, especially as women um, specifically. So I'm really excited about that. But um, I think we'll just dive into kind of what it has been like dealing with COVID over the last year and what that's looked like. So for me personally, I live in Missouri and we've had a really, we've, our governor has been pretty good about kind of letting the local governments and local areas kind of take the lead on whether they were going to have mask mandates or social distancing and what that kind of looked like. So I feel really lucky because of where my husband and I've got two little ones where we've where we've moved because we live kind of in a small town in northwest Missouri. um, And there's a lot of people that have just kind of not listened to the mainstream media or haven't bought into everything that has been going on. So we've been really lucky in not having mask mandates and, and that kind of stuff. But I feel like we've had a really challenging time um, personally with some family members that kind of were really cautious the first couple of months. And I was fairly fairly freshly postpartum with my littlest one. Um, she was about right around three months when it, when it all started coming down. And then when lockdowns kind of started and everybody was doing the two weeks to flatten the curve and everything. And I really value the relationship that I have with my mom. And so that was probably the hardest thing that I had to navigate, especially at the beginning. My mom was able to come back and help out with kids and, and, uh, participate in life with us again and we got to got to see family but I think that was the hardest thing for me personally and then not to mention just the 
the issues with the churches and and dealing with kind of how they reacted. Our church at the time was kind of reacting um, much like everybody else was, where they kind of just shut down things. And then um, a couple weeks after, they, they decided to open up for an outdoor services. But they were still saying, you know, masks and social distancing needed to happen. And I'll never forget that they even said... <laughs> like something along the lines of, you know, don't hug anybody. And I just thought to myself, like, I've got my almost three-year-old who loves to, you know, go up and hug everybody at church. And, and it was just an, an utter shock for me to, to think about how am I going to tell this sweet little boy who loves to, to hug everybody and participate in church and tell him, Hey, you can't do that. Um, so at the time, my husband and I just kind of waited a couple of extra weeks saying, I, I just don't think we can go and and tell our little ones, you can't you can't actually participate in church the way that you're used to. Um, so we participated online and did that for a few more weeks. And, and we finally landed um, at a church with a really good friend of ours. He's pastoring there and it's a tiny church and not anybody was wearing masks. They weren't social distancing. Um, it was just kind of normal, like really normal. <laughs> truly normal. So I was really thankful for that shift and kind of shift in community and the Lord really opened doors for us to find that. So I feel really lucky in kind of the experience that I've had um, living where we live and being where we are. Um, but obviously there's there's different things that we've had and experienced and the impacts that we've had, you know, shifting how we buy groceries and other things like that to kind of protect our children from seeing masked faces and, and dealing kind of with the insanity that you run into in in grocery stores. But I know that um, not everyone has had that experience, especially not everyone on our team here and and the show hosts here. So I know, um, Maddie, you live in Texas and they just uh, lifted the mask mandate, but you guys have been under that for a very long time. Can you talk about your experience it seems crazy that we're rejoicing over the fact that our governor just lifted our mask mandate and that it's been almost a year since the whole two weeks to flatten the curve or whatever in the world that nonsense was. I know living in Texas, it's it's been very odd, I'll, I'll say, um, and not necessarily quite what you would expect um, because I live in a big city. Most everybody just kind of complies and wears masks. Um, you know, you go to the grocery store and it's not like, Oh, if you can't wear a mask, social distance, the constant, constant uh, PA system is saying, if you can't wear a mask, just get pickup. Don't even come in. And so I kind of compare that. I have a lot of family that lives in California, not in a big city, a little bit more rural, and they're definitely fighting back a lot more. Um, I know that my family you know, doesn't have to wear masks. There are restaurants in town that are still staying open for indoor dining and, you know, um, just kind of a lot more of a pushback than we've had here in Texas. Um, so it, it's been really tough, especially for us. Every time we go out, um, we, we really try to avoid anywhere that requires us to wear a mask or we try to get away with not wearing a mask for as long as possible. But there, there just are some places you have to go. Um, thankfully, our main parish doesn't require masks, but we do sometimes go to other parishes. And it just it breaks my heart when my little one looks up into you know my eyes or my husband's eyes and just has this bewildered look, you know, going to to the doctor because 
you know, what are you going to do? You got to take your kid to the pediatrician. That face, it just, it breaks my heart every time. And so we've, we've just kind of sadly hunkered in and we've lost a lot of friends over our stance on the lunacy that this is, right? Um, it's, it was sad at first, but I have to say, and I really do hope that this is true, not only for friendships, but also, um, I think for the church that I hope that this, helps wake people up and it helps prune out the dead wood. My husband and I attend a very traditional Latin mass church. It's actually an FSSP church and they don't require masks. They did shut down initially and it was really heartbreaking, but um, they've since kind of realized that this is all ridiculous and our attendance at that mass has grown so much because I, I think that it's all of this chaos and, and craziness is waking people up. Um, that doesn't mean that it's been easy, right? When you, Rebecca, like you were talking about, you know, you couldn't see your mom for a while. That I, I couldn't even imagine. Um, that would just, I, I don't, I don't think I could handle that. Um, but it, it, I hope, or I'm seeing that it's definitely pruning things, right? So. I, I don't know. It's heartbreaking, but I'm trying to find some positive side to it because, you know, even out of the most desperate times and situations, some beauty can come out of them. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a really like perfect way of, of looking at it. And I think that I see that, too, in, you know, other other reactions and even in, you know, some of our readers and and um, comments that we're seeing online is kind of that. I don't know, awareness of what's going on. And it's, it's kind of beautiful to see, even though it's a little bit discouraging that we had to get to this in order for, for some of that to happen. Um, but I think it's good. Like you said, it's good to find that, that bright side. So, um, Claire, you've had really interesting experience being in Florida and your governor's kind of decision on everything that's going on down there. Um, can you kind of speak to your experience on like masks and everything that you've you've encountered? Yeah, um, I'm just I'm going to totally interrupt and say I'm super jealous of Claire <laughs> that she lives in Florida. Like, I'm really jealous. That's all I have to say. I mean, you can come visit. <laughs> you know what? I totally will. Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, Claire, I'm going to be on your doorstep. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Please do. All of you. Or you know what? In the next three hours. I'm sure it doesn't take that long to get there. Just give me a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We don't have withholding tax here. State withholding tax. Perfect. Except everyone wants to move here now, so it's kind of hard to find a house. <laughs> no, but it, it like Maddie, I live in a big city, so I, a lot of people just comply with it. Um, they Mask is kind of everywhere, but I think outside of here, a lot of people don't really wear a mask or are not given a hard time. If you do go to any of the theme parks, of course, they're going <laughs> to require you to wear a mask. And there's people walking around, you know, kind of making sure that you are wearing a mask. But in my city, it's a lot of people wear masks. But I don't know, it's been nice because we really only locked down for a couple of weeks or a few weeks. And everything's just been kind of sort of back to normal. We've had indoor dining for a really long time now. The churches have been open for much longer than most places. When we couldn't have mass, the bishop asked all the priests to keep the churches open. So we were able to go to confession and holy hour. That was like super easy to find. Um, so the priests were really good about that. The parish that I 
go to most of the time is the traditional landmass parish, and they don't really wear masks there. <laughs> Some people do, but uh, the priest certainly doesn't require it. It's been much better than most people, I think, um, and I'm super, super thankful for it. Uh, the I think the bishop's request for the priests to keep the churches open has been really good. I think that's just been really good for the community and the city, but I know that other people don't have that. <laughs> yeah. But you, didn't you, you, you had an experience this last weekend with your niece's confirmation though. So can you share that story? Cause I feel like that kind of still speaks to kind of what you guys are experiencing and what's, how that's impacting you despite how kind of open everything has been. Yeah. So our traditional Latin mass parish, they don't wear masks. They social distancing is kind of impossible because there are so many people who go there so much so that the priest, the wonderful priest that we have um, added an extra mass. So there's just been so many people going to that. But all the other churches um, definitely require masks and require social distancing. And um, my nieces were confirmed over the weekend and <laughs> the parents weren't allowed to go because they wanted people to social distance. So it was the confirmandi and the, yeah, and the sponsor. And that was it. It was really, really sad. So we were watching the confirmation on my tiny little iPhone. Oh my gosh. It was so frustrating. <laughs> yeah. I find that, I don't know. That's, that is, that's really frustrating. I think Lisa, I think you probably have the Maybe the craziest, craziest story of the four of us, because <laughs> uh, not only are you pregnant, um, you guys also moved states in the middle of everything. I think it would be great to hear that. And also, since since you came from Virginia with your crazy, crazy governor. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were crazy enough to decide to, well, I would say we decided, but really it was God aligned everything for us <laughs> to move mid middle of COVID last year, um, move across the country. So we went from the East Coast to the West Coast and the the culture and the just the climate and the mindset about COVID uh, is very different from Virginia to Idaho, but also similar in many ways. Um, so we began the pandemic situation in Virginia. And I just like Reba, I don't Reba and I, you'll learn this. Um, we always tend to have babies around the same time. <laughs> I don't know why, yep. but we, um, Reba is currently not pregnant. And so I'm like, I'm seven months pregnant and it's weird to not be pregnant with Reba right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, but our first two kids, um, are both like born within a month of each other. So, uh, it's just always hilarious, but Anyways, uh, just like Reba, I was three months, about three months postpartum when everything shut down. And it was really scary at first, I think for everybody of just not knowing everything about the virus. And I, I felt like I was just constantly glued to the TV and any news I could get and all the press conferences and everything just to figure out like what was happening. Because um, the world as we knew it was changing right in front of us. And so I, I mean, I'm usually... Um, I like to consider myself a very, very strong person, but I felt like even COVID, you know, was enough to really hit me and not getting COVID myself, but just COVID in general um, of just how it affected like my mental health and everything. I never really struggled with anxiety or panic attacks or anything before, but I just remember there were 
quite a few moments where, you know, even just in talking to people about what was going on, I, it, it was like an out-of-body experience. Like I was just physically shaking. I was so, um, just felt so, so much anxiety about everything that was going on. And that's not usually me. And so that was like a whole new experience. And all of us at LifeSite, we, we all work remotely from home um, for the most part. And so I have been working from home at that point for a couple of years and and I have never had any issue with it. But when the few outlets that we had to get ourselves out of the house were taken away from us, um, between the gym, between church, you know, even a couple of the play places we used to take our kids to, even some um, parks were closed. It was just like everything shut down. And so there was no longer any outlet for us to get out of the house. And here I am, newly postpartum, trying to navigate just being a mom and struggling with anxiety now. And I I still don't know if it was, maybe it was a mix of postpartum anxiety and depression mixed with just COVID anxiety and depression. <laughs> but it just was not a good mix at the time. And so I really struggled with that at first. And then you know, we can get into this in another discussion, but um, my husband's a police officer. And so then last summer hit and all the riots broke out and everything. And so that just really, just really took it to a whole new level. And it was just so hard to deal with um, because that was a whole other layer of something to deal with. And then luckily though, um, and thankfully prior to COVID and everything shutting down back in January, my husband, we had always talked about moving back to Idaho because it's where we're from. And back in January, he finally had enough experience as a police officer to apply for jobs out in Idaho. And so we had decided before everything shut down and before we knew what was about to happen, you know, that he would start applying. And so here we are, March, April, my husband's in the middle of the interview process. And luckily, you know, everything was virtual at that point. So all his interviews, we didn't have to pay for him to fly back and forth and him to take work off. He was able just to do his interviews virtually and God just lined everything up. And so, you know, when Maddie talks about there, there are some blessings that have come through it for us. It was like, God totally lined up just everything from the way the housing market was in Virginia at the time, our house sold within 24 hours of listing it. Just God just lined everything up and it was just all such a blessing. And the, the funny part about all of it though, is we had always talked about moving back to Idaho to live by family because we didn't have any family in Virginia. But we come back to Idaho and all my husband's family is here for the most part, but they're all very liberal and do not necessarily have the same thoughts about COVID as we do and the same approach. So we come to move to be back by family and yet we've we moved back in July and we've hardly seen any of them because they're so terrified of COVID. So even being in a conservative state now, whereas Virginia was just so the opposite end of the spectrum, um, it is harder in a way to live in a conservative state simply because people can be more lukewarm because they've gotten so used to being in a conservative environment around people who agree with them all the time and they've taken their freedoms and their liberties for granted. And yet in Virginia, it was like, People are more willing to rally and do all these, you know, get together and kind of like do these marches and everything uh, against all the mask mandates and restrictions and lockdowns because they're used to, you know, like their liberties they know are right at the their fingertips. And it's like you have to be in or out. You can't be lukewarm about your beliefs and your freedoms. And so in Idaho, 
we moved here in July thinking, you know, yes, we've had the mask mandate since day one in Virginia. Moved here in July. The week we moved here, there was no mask mandate because Idaho was one of the last states to even have a positive confirmed COVID case. So they were much behind everybody else. And of course, though, right when we moved here, uh, the county we live in had a mask mandate come out. So it was like, oh, darn it. (laughs) But even the churches and everything, like finding a new parish here, like we had such a great parish in Virginia. But in Virginia, the bishop, before the government, this, you know, before the Commonwealth of Virginia even said, you know, everybody has to shut down, everybody, you know, businesses, everything. Before that happened, the bishop said, okay, we're not going to have mass. We're closing our churches. And that was like a huge sign of the bishop saying, we're not here for you. You know, as parishioners, we're not here for you. Like your physical health is clearly more important than your spiritual health. Um, And that was like a, a big message that for me as a Catholic convert was like really disheartening to see. But when we moved to Idaho, um, it's actually taken us a while to find a parish that we, not necessarily that we like, but that doesn't enforce the masks that, you know, still is masked just like we've known it prior to COVID, you know? And so we finally, we found that the cathedral here, actually, they have a little sign in the back that says masks are required because the bishop made a statement, but it's not actually enforced. So about 70% of people in masks don't wear masks or anything, and there's no pressure to. But the best part about it is that it's the bishop's statement saying that masks are required and should be worn at mass is what all the other parishes in the area use to enforce their masks. But the cathedral is the, like the bishop is the pastor at the cathedral and it's not enforced at the cathedral. (laughs) So it's like this irony. But I found out that one of the priests at the cathedral, the reason that masks are not enforced is because he came from a communist country. And he wants nothing to do with the mask mandates because he knows what communi- communism is and what it does. And so it's just been really a fascinating transition. Um, but, you know, Reba, you made a comment earlier about how we've, we've all had to kind of change our daily routines. And, you know, when it comes to the grocery store and everything, because you want to protect your kids from all the silliness and the um, insanity of the mandates and everything. But isn't that fascinating that to protect our kids, which the liberal mindset would say, keep them home, you know, sequester them and protect them from this virus out there that has this, you know, over 99% survival rate. Let's not forget that. But for us with the conservative view, we want to protect our kids from that insanity, not necessarily from the virus, because we recognize, you know, the numbers. But isn't that just so fascinating? Yeah, I've noticed that it's it's kind of that different mindset. Like you said, it's such a stark difference from kind of some other, definitely what you see on the mainstream media and kind of what you're hearing um, from so many people. But even even amongst, you know, friends and family that I've got, I've got friends and that are just basically saying, oh, well, we'll just, you know we'll wear a mask because that's what the business has asked us to do or, or they'll just do it. And, you know, I come from this place where I'm like, I'm, I'm just not going to, like, I don't want my children to see me have to do that if, if I don't have to. And so, you know, early on, my husband and I made this rule that we were like, we'll walk into any business. And if they come up specifically, if an employee comes up to us and says, you need to wear a mask or whatever, then, you know, we'll comply at that point. But I've, you know, I've done this for over a year and I've worn a mask twice. Um, Both times have been like a lace mesh mask that (laughs) 
doesn't do anything except for <laughs> except for uh, me up. <laughs> kind of kind of comply to the rules. So um, we get some I mean, funny they looks. Specify what material it had to be out in the beginning. Exactly. It was like any mask yeah. will do. We had like <laughs> make homemade masks or handkerchiefs or whatever you have. So you know what you were just doing what yeah. you had. You know, yeah. I mean that's they didn't that's specify. what we had. So, um, it's been kind of interesting, but the, the two times that we've had to, had to wear masks, uh, once was in Costco (laughs) and, uh, the looks that we got, um, but they, they also never had anything specific on their signage. So, um, and I'm, this is coming from somebody, I'm like a major rule follower, but I also, am I ask why about everything. And so, you know, that's kind of where we are, um, asking lots of why questions. And I think that's what I've Um, I've actually enjoyed about kind of everything that's going on is that there has been a lot of why questions being asked by more than just me. So I don't feel so weird. (laughs) My oldest daughter, her gymnastics class um, a couple weeks ago, because I I never wear a mask. They just have a sign on the door that says, please be a hero, wear a mask. So I just don't because it says, unless it says masks are required, like at a doctor You don't need to be a hero, Lisa. We already know that you're awesome. (laughs) I know. You're fine. Well, I, I, I'm the same. I'm like, unless they absolutely approach me and force me to, in which case I'm going to say, okay, well, I'm canceling our membership and I'm going to go take my business elsewhere. My, my daughter doesn't need to come here for her gymnastics class, you know? So I, I feel no obligation. So I go in the first week and I'm kind of nervous. Like, are they going to force me? Nobody said a word. So we've been going for quite a few months now and nobody said anything except it's hilarious though, because uh, a few weeks ago, we had this conversation because they, our county just about a week ago lifted the mask mandate because the infection rate is supposedly be- below 5% now. So they finally lifted it. But businesses can still enforce if they need to. Well, there was, um, I had a conversation with the other moms who were there. And there's usually only a couple of us. And it's a, such a small class. And one of the moms had that comment, but she always works her mask. She said, I'm just such a rule follower. And that's why I wear my mask. And I thought, well, wait a second, like, I'm a rule follower, too. And, but at the same time, and I just, her comment stuck with me all day. And then I thought, yeah, but, you know, the Nazi regime, like Hitler made rules, were those yes, rules that should have been exactly. followed, you know, so I do think that your point about we have to ask the question of why, because otherwise, we're just blindly following, like, yes, it is good to be obedient and follow rules. But I do think we have to have that question of why within that. And that's a huge lesson, I think, for our kids, because otherwise, you know, but now that the and I told them, I said, yeah, actually, the board of health, like directors, they just voted that mask mandate down. And the moms so quickly all took their masks off. And they went, so we don't have to wear these? I said, no. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And this week, though, because every week I show up and I'm not wearing a mask and there's one other mom who doesn't wear one. There's only about five of us total, like if everybody comes in the same week. And this week I show up, nobody's wearing masks. I mean, they still had the please be a hero, wear a mask sign. But it was like all of them suddenly felt empowered, like having that conversation with me. And then also just realizing, oh, my gosh, we don't have to do this anymore. It was just really fascinating. Good. Like, I'm glad that you were there because I think that's part of it, too, is is standing up against it does provide people the courage to 
to kind of step out. Yeah, I think it's so sad, though, that like, it's so hard, right, to be the sole dissenter. But at the same time, it's so sad that we need other people to encourage us. Like, Lisa, I am. I'm so glad that those other moms, you know, saw your example and were able to be empowered by it. But, you know, we all talk about the Nazis and Hitler, but every day when we give in, we're just getting one step closer to communism, fascism, all of these, you know, whatever direction that it's heading, we're slowly, slowly taking little steps to get there. Um, and, and I think that you guys raise a great point that we need to teach our kids, you know, when they're of the right age and can actually understand that this isn't appropriate. We need to be fighting back against this. And even if I'm the only one doing it, I know morally and ethically and spiritually that this is wrong. And so I'm going to stand up for it. And I think that, I mean, this is a topic of so much bigger of a conversation, but I think that that's part of what's wrong with our culture, right? I do my thing in my home and I don't believe in abortion, but you know what? If anybody else wants to get one, no problem. It's not, you know, it doesn't impact me. Um, and I think that we're just seeing those fruits play out in a very visible way with coronavirus and wearing masks versus not wearing masks. And so again, kind of like I talked about before, I hope that people will, it'll like start to click. Oh my goodness. You know, I'm, I'm just Rebecca. I'm going to steal this word from you. It's not mine, but sheeple. Sheep people who are just, you know, blindly following whatever the government says. I think a better term might actually be lemurs because they'll follow each other right off a cliff. Um, they have no clue what's going on and off the cliff they all go. And that's that's what we're doing. And so I think, you know, I'd, I'd encourage I hope that even if there's not a mom in your gymnastics group, even if there's not anybody else at your church, you be that one lone person in your community who starts that you know, starts to empower people. Hopefully if you're listening, this can be your empowering moment. If you are wearing a mask, if you are complying, we all understand no judgment at all. Like I get it. Rebuy went to Costco the other day and I put my mask on. Um, and it, I don't like it, but sometimes, sometimes I do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so like, again, no judgment, but be that lone person stand up for what you know is right and what you know is wrong and that was like a decision I had to make that first week I went in because I knew I'm gonna see these moms every week so I have to decide right now if I'm not gonna wear a mask today I have to not be I have to not wear a mask every week other like I can't go back and forth right because then they're gonna start questioning going well you could wear a mask then right like so I had to decide within my heart, like, this is what I'm deciding right now. And it's, it is hard because like doctor's appointments, things like that, you don't really get that choice. But in those times, in those, you know, organizations and businesses that we go to, like, we have to decide, you know, in that moment. And even like our little grocery store down the street, it's like, it's such a small grocery store. I have to decide, okay, every time I go here, am I going to wear a mask or not? Because if I don't, then I have to be consistent. One thing that you said, Maddie, that I it just hits home too. You made this comment saying, you know, when our kids are old enough to understand and, and learn those lessons. I think the decisions that you make now, you get to tell that story. Like when your little one is is old enough to ask, you know, what happened during 2020, mom? You get to tell what you did. 
um, how did you share the truth and and you get to tell that story and so you know the decisions that you're making now and and how you stood up for life and family and the truth is is absolutely a story that gets to be told so I think that that's that's really encouraging and I think that's kind of what's fueled my decisions through all of this um, and I hope like you said Maddie it kind of brings um, brings encouragement so I th- I think though uh, we have so much more that we that we want to say and share with you guys but I also think we should probably wrap up our our podcast episode for this week so um we want to just thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um, I hope that you gleaned some insights and just felt encouragement to continue making the decisions you're making or do something a little bit different. Um, I hope that you feel less alone in the challenges of today's culture. So we're inviting you to join us next week when we get to bring on some other LifeSite ladies to discuss vaccines and the COVID vaccine more specifically. So be sure to subscribe to our email list in the link below the uh, episode in the description of the episode. And um, you can then get an email for when the next episode goes live. And then you can also subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. We'll put it up there for as long as the big tech allows us on there. But we also want to make sure that you can reach out to any of us um, with comments or different topics that you might want to hear us discuss or let us know who you are and that you're listening. So you can email us at ladies at lifesightnews.com. So we hope you have a great week. God bless you. And we can't wait to hear from you next week. See you guys next week. God bless. Bye.